My girlfriend is demanding that I give up my opportunity to go to a prestigious master's degree program in Europe simply because she doesn't want to be alone in our home country. She even went as far as to threaten breaking up with me if I took this opportunity and left her in our home country. And at this point, I seriously don't know what to do. So my girlfriend and I have been dating for three years now, and we really love each other. We have met and begun dating during our college graduation year in 2020. I had always planned to pursue a degree abroad after graduation, but my girlfriend says no to long-distance relationships. For context, my girlfriend and I are from a poorer country, and life here is very hard. Our degree doesn't have much weight on international job markets, and today we are both working full-time jobs, but none of us are happy with our life here in our home country. We are also very underpaid. She's an internal auditor for a big international cigarette company, but gets paid about 250 US dollars a month, and I get pretty much the same salary for being a consultant at a boutique firm. We are both unhappy of our current situation, and that's why I want to go study abroad to be able to access better opportunities. My girlfriend is a very lovely person with almost no close friends, and most of the time, she feels depressed when she's left alone. When I first introduced my plans to her of going abroad one year after graduation, she was totally opposed to going into a long-distance relationship. She believes I am the only one that can make her happy and be able to bear living with. In addition, going abroad to study had never been a part of her plans. Although she complained all the time about our living conditions, it seems to me that she was fine with it for the most part. She has always believed that there has to be other ways to improve our living condition without leaving our home country, which is an idea that I totally disagree with, as our country is literally falling apart. All indicators have been worsening during the past 50 years. Years have gone by, and last year in 2022, we finally agreed that we would do our best to find international study opportunities abroad. Either we succeed together, or one of us succeeds this year, and the other one has to make everything to join the other person next year. Unfortunately, I was the one who got accepted in a prestigious university in Europe, while she didn't manage to get a single admission offer. And this is mainly because she applied to master's degree programs, which required things we didn't learn at school. Although we have already agreed on what we would do in this situation, she is now asking me to stay with her and reject my admission offer, which I believe is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. She said to me, I wasn't serious when I agreed on that. I thought you would love me enough to stay with me. Let's just break up. I'll just return to my miserable, lonely life. Please, just reject your offer, and let's try again next year. Although I love her, I believe if I refuse my admission offer, I will regret it for the rest of my life. I was lucky enough to get this offer in the first place, so now it leaves me questioning everything, and I seriously don't know what to do. You would be crazy to give up that opportunity. And also, your girlfriend's being a complete idiot. Like, let me get this straight. You live in a very poor country where you only earn $250 a month, and now you have an opportunity to expand yourself and earn more money, and your girlfriend wants you to give that opportunity up? Like, what are you talking about? If she seriously wants to break up because you're moving forward with your life, then that's on her. That's not on you. It sounds like you had some kind of plan going, but now that that plan's actually happening, she's like, oh, psych, I'm just kidding. I didn't want to actually do it. You should give up on this opportunity or I'm going to break up with you. Like, clearly this is her true colors coming out in full force, and I would not listen to that in the slightest. So please, for the sake of your education, as well as getting out of a country that is clearly very poor, I would take this opportunity and not look back. And hopefully your girlfriend can get on board and follow along with the plan you guys set up. Because giving up this opportunity simply because she's jealous, by the way, would be really ignorant. And it is incredibly toxic that she would request that 
of you in the first place. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. Am I the Jerk for spending a lot of time in my bunker away from my family? So my grandfather was an incredibly talented man who also suffered from paranoid schizophrenia and he was convinced that the nuclear apocalypse was going to end the human race at some point. So he built his own bunker and then buried the entrance because he was so convinced that both the KGB and the CIA were absolutely watching him and he wanted to keep the bunker a secret. Yes, he was a crazy man. My dad inherited his house but never lived there. So when I had my first child in 2018 and got married in 2019, my dad made an incredibly generous offer for the house. I mean, I bought computers that were more expensive than the house. The bunker became kind of an urban legend, mostly because my old grandpa used to tell a lot of crazy stories. But out of curiosity, I went looking for it and I found the entrance. The old man really did it. So thanks to being stuck at home during the uneventful 2020 and 2021, I started to remodel the bunker to look less like a fallout vault and more like my own personal man cave. Everyone loves it, especially my kids. So the house is decorated to my wife's taste while I can do whatever I want in the bunker. I can play games. I can fix a computer. I can set up a whole home server, work from home there, etc. However, lately she has been complaining about me being distant and spending a lot of time there and less time with her and our child. She is pregnant again, so she said she was worried, but I just promised to spend more time at our house. After a few weeks, that wasn't enough for her, and she accuses me of abandoning her. Honestly, I'm asking for a judgment call here because I'm trying to be there for my family, but this bunker feels like it's the only thing that's really mine, and it's the only place where I can actually have a break, but my wife has said she's going to seal the entrance, otherwise I might miss the birth of my child and not even notice. Should I just move all my stuff into the house and forget about it? Am I really being neglectful here, or is this just her pregnancy hormones talking? To be clear, I do help with the house chores and spend time with my son when I'm there, and I have an intercom in the bunker so my wife can just call me if she needs anything, so it's not like she can't reach me. So am I the jerk for spending a lot of time in my bunker away from my family? Honestly, yeah, you're kind of the jerk in this situation. Your pregnant wife is raising your kid practically by yourself. Meanwhile, you're escaping to this bunker and spending your alone time without anyone around. Like, you're married. You do know that, right? You have responsibilities and you've got things you need to do around the house, much more than just chores and responsibilities. Like, you really do need to spend time with your wife and kids. And here's the thing. I don't think you're the jerk for spending time in the bunker, mostly because it kind of seems like he works remotely in the bunker itself for work. So that's not a problem. Like, that's part of the job. Okay, go for it. But it's the fact that your wife is saying, hey, I really don't want you spending so much time down there and you're just straight up ignoring it. If you're gonna start a family, this is no longer all about you. So in my opinion, your actions need to reflect what's best for your family and not just what's best for you and your needs. My entitled dad made me abandon my dog right as they're about to be put down. And I am so unbelievably heartbroken by this, I seriously don't know what to do. For the last 12 years, I have been essentially one of, if not the main caregiver for our family dog. My dog's name is Max, and I was the one who would be mainly responsible for taking care of him, as I was typically responsible for letting him out and feeding him three to four times a day, including as I was getting ready for work at my full-time job. I would also be the one responsible for cleaning up the dog waste on a bi-weekly basis, and when it was time for everyone else to go on vacation, I would regularly be the one to volunteer to stay behind just to take care of the dog. Max was one of the two main pets our family had, and the other one passed away a few years back from old age. He was also a significant part of the reason 
why I probably didn't fully unalive myself. Because at the time, I thought I wouldn't be able to love him and care for him as well anymore. And that they could have also just brought down his quality of life, which has been decreasing lately as he gets older. And there had been signs that he was going for a while now. Like how he was getting more lethargic and he was unable to control his bowels. And he was drinking excessive amounts of water while eating less and less. Though he had gotten even worse within the last week as he was suddenly vomiting multiple times throughout the day. He was drooling and had a runny nose and he was unable to consistently stand, sit or walk, especially on stairs without any kind of help. So that mostly catches you up to more recently when yesterday, my parents scheduled Max to be put to sleep at our local vet clinic and this would all be done as we sat around him, pet him and held him and just talked to him. At this point I had asked my parents if I could call into work so I didn't have to go in for at least a day after because I knew I would be a complete mess and we don't actually need my money from work for anything like rent or groceries so me having the day off would be fine but my dad said that he didn't want me to skip out of work and we work in the same building and we live together so I couldn't take off work without him knowing and yelling at me so I figured I would just go anyways then this morning we had another session of trying to give Max as much love as we could all before we took him in my father my youngest brother and I went in with Max and we were taken into one of their exam rooms and it looked like it was just for animals who were ready to be put down. We got them up onto the table where they could treat and groom the animals and we tried to give them some love for the last time while also trying to keep them on the table and trying but failing to not cry as we waited for about 10 minutes after which time a nurse came in to check in on us and then another 10 minutes later she and another nurse came in to insert some kind of catheter in through his arm and I assume so he wouldn't make a mess as he went away though my dad had walked us out of the room by this point. I assumed it was because he didn't want us distracting the nurses or our dog or because it would have been too crowded in the room. Then about 15 minutes later they finished up and went back into the room where I thought we would stay until Max fully passed away. But apparently my dad only wanted us to go back in just to spend a couple of minutes to say goodbye before they even sedated him or done anything else. I was really disappointed by this as I wasn't there at all when our other dog passed away three years ago and being there in the last few minutes of him being alive was like 90% of the reason I had actively wanted to be there for him. Plus, I know that when a pet's owners aren't there for them when they go, they often are way more nervous and scared, which is something I knew that would happen, both because he was acting fidgety the entire time that we were there and because he had always been nervous and high stressed, especially when he was separated from all of us or when he was around new people or in a new place, all of which was happening right now. So I protested as being there for him would literally just take another 10 to 15 minutes at most. And it wasn't something that I couldn't just come back to do later. He kept insisting that we had to go, even though the nurses specifically mentioned how we could be there as long as we needed. But in particular, until he passed away, I initially didn't understand what the rush to leave was, but I was not in an arguing mood, nor was I even sure what was happening or if we would maybe come back again after they set some more stuff up or whatever. So I just decided to follow him. Apparently though, the reason he wanted to leave and leave permanently and entirely, not just for a couple of minutes like I hoped, was because he just wanted to get home so he could start getting rid of all of Max's things, like his dishwater and his bed and all of his stuff, as well as specifically vacuuming up to get rid of all the dog hair and everything. I was hoping to at least keep some of his things, since it really helped when other dogs passed away to have things and pictures just to remind me of when she's gone. I feel like not only did he let 
Max down for not being there for him, he also let him down by basically trying to erase his memory from our entire house and letting us down by not letting us grieve and mourn him properly or fully. I also feel like he wasn't emotionally prepared to be there for it. He could have stepped outside himself and given us the chance to stay, but instead he took it away from both of us, then basically made a point of how over it he was by not letting us keep any of his stuff and mentioning how he had plans to go to work later, as if we should all just be moving past it or whatever like he is. I'm not sure how long it's going to take to fully move on though, but I feel like the drive home is definitely not enough, especially since I feel like I can't stop imagining the worst case scenario of him passing away feeling scared, alone, and afraid. I don't know how I'm supposed to remember that over anything else, like taking him on walks or on vacations or to the dog park or anything. This is also heartbreaking and I seriously don't know what to do. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Honestly, first and foremost, this is really heartbreaking. I can't imagine not being able to say goodbye to a loved one just like that. And for me, a dog is a loved one. It is a pet, yes, but it is absolutely a part of the family in my mind. And that dog is relying on you and it trusted you to take care of him. And the way your dad acted was unbelievably heartless and cruel. To not allow you to sit there and be with your dog in its last moments, especially after you were the one that took care of it for so many years, is unbelievably toxic. And that is not something I would take lightly in the slightest. I mean, I would be heartbroken. And he is clearly trying to erase any memory of Max from the house. I totally agree with you. I mean, keep something. Keep some kind of trinket. Something to remind you that this was a good dog and that you loved and you cared for it. Max helped you through some of your darkest times in your life, and that is something you can absolutely hold on to. So truly, I'm so sorry. Your dad is a complete jerk and you absolutely did not deserve to miss out on this moment in Max's life. My teachers demand that we stop picking mangoes off the tree behind our school. So as a result of us maliciously complying, the mangoes begin to rot and it causes so many problems for the school. Here's what happened. So this happened back in 2010 in middle school and for a bit of context, I live in an old rural town, not in the United States. The only middle school in this town used to be a nursery. The kind where plants and trees are grown or sold, not a medical nursery. Most of the trees were cut down when the place became a school and a few of them were fruit trees, with three or four of them being mango trees. All of us kids love Love taking them home by the bunches to enjoy them with our families or eating them during lunch and breaks. Occasionally, some kids would try throwing rocks or sticks at the tree branches to make some of the mangoes fall over, and one of the teachers didn't like this. Understandably, throwing rocks can be dangerous, but nobody was throwing them at each other, and they were careful looking for any people passing by as not to hurt anyone. Now, the most logical thing to do would be to forbid students from throwing things at trees, right? But instead, the school passed a rule that any student caught picking up the mangoes, whether they be on the floor or trying to get them from the tree, would get in trouble and even face suspension. We all thought it was a dumb idea, but me and a few other students could smell the eventual disaster from a mile away. So nobody protested, and everyone at school agreed to comply, even the kids who were known to be rebellious. Well, about a month or so later, the whole school was absolutely stinking of rotten mangoes, and for those who don't know, mango season usually 
usually peaks during early spring and late summer. Plus, where we live, rainy season hits in the summer. So imagine old rotting mangoes in muddy water puddles that sit for days at a time in the summer heat. Trust me when I say this, this is not a good combination of smells. The teachers by that point told us that if we see a mango in good condition, we could pick it up and we could eat it. But we simply refused. We couldn't possibly break the new rule that was imposed by our respectable teacher. We had to maliciously comply and obey like the good students we were. The school had to pay a cleanup crew to dump all the rubbish. And some of the parents, my mom included, complained about the wastefulness of perfectly edible fruit. The next year, we were all enjoying some delicious mangoed flavored ice pops, all under the shade of those good old summer breezes. And the mango ice pops were made and sold by a classmate. And as it turns out, even the teacher that had originally started the complaints ended up being a loyal customer for these ice pops as well. So in the end, it all kind of worked out. You can tell this story happened outside the United States because you can bet those mango trees probably would have been chopped down if any of the students got caught trying to eat them. I personally really love this story because this is really funny. Instead of complaining, they decided to maliciously comply and that caused a lot of problems for the school. So maybe next time if the kids aren't bothering anybody and they're literally not hurting anybody else around them, then maybe just leave them alone and let them have some fun because they literally didn't do anything wrong. I paid my favorite artist to listen to my music and as a result, they didn't like it and I got roasted by the nearly 400 people who were watching their live stream. And not only have I never felt more embarrassed by something happening to me, but I also feel very motivated and very inspired to continue making music and continue to do what I enjoy. Here's what happened. So I have to preface this before I dive in. The biggest thing is, is that I'm not angry or upset about this. This is more just getting my thoughts out there. Today, I saw that my favorite artist was streaming live online, listening to other people's music. I've listened to this music for 10 years now, and he's gotten really popular over time. It's been amazing to watch him grow into the artist he is today, and I will always love him for that. I had seen him go live a couple of times listening to other people's music, and I never participated. I just listened to other people's songs, and I just kind of hung out. But today, my fiance saw he was live and pressured me into paying for him to hear my song. So I paid and sat in horror for two hours. I was on my phone scrolling through Facebook when I heard him say my name, and instantly my stomach dropped. I regretted everything, and I hated that I put myself in this situation. The feeling only worsened when I heard the beat come on, and I realized there was 400 people watching. I sat in horror as I watched his face sour up. The comments were also not very nice. I wanted to make him turn it off, but it was too late. As the song ended, I read all the comments about me being a clone of other artists, and virtually everybody was roasting me. A couple people enjoyed it, but the general consensus was that I was terrible. I was gutted. I was completely embarrassed. I went into my room, and I cuddled with my dog for 20 minutes, and then I realized something, and I've never felt more clear. As I said before, I've listened to him for a long time. I remember not liking his music at first, but as time went on, he got better and he blew up. After realizing this, I got up and I went to my computer where I record my music, and I listened to my first songs all the way up until my new ones, and I almost started to cry. I heard myself grow. I heard myself become more comfortable, and I heard my story from my point of view when the events were happening. It was amazing. I'm so proud of myself, and I'm so happy I paid to get roasted by my favorite artist, because now I have so much inspiration and drive to continue to do what I do. This story turned out to be way better than I thought it would be. Like, obviously, the original poster came into this saying, you know what, I want to have this guy listen to my music. And then it all just kind of went south pretty quickly after that. I really think this story is a good example of how you shouldn't let other people dictate your future 
as a creative person. This easily could have destroyed this person. This could have made them stop doing music pretty much for the rest of their lives. Getting that kind of criticism from somebody that you look up to, as well as 400 viewers in this guy's chat, potentially could have been devastating for this person. But they fought through it. They were able to take some time to themselves, really process what was happening, and then decide, you know what? I have grown as an artist. Because at the end of the day, that really is what it's all about. They were able to look back on their music and say, I've grown a lot. I've been able to learn a lot. And even though this person doesn't like my music right now, it doesn't mean that I won't be able to do more music in the future. And that, in my opinion, is such a good lesson to learn. And you know what? Forget what this guy thinks. Who cares if he's some big streamer who likes music and has blown up because of their own music? Their personal taste and what you create doesn't dictate your future in the slightest. So I really like that the original poster was able to overcome this type of criticism and have some kind of positive outlook about the situation in general. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.